Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... So with all the problems that are going on, rejoice in the Lord. Here's the solution. Rejoice in the Lord. And here's the response to the problems. Be gentle. Be godly. As you navigate the shark-infested waters of life. The Bible does not minimize our circumstances. We do. We do. Oh, other people have it worse than me. Does that make it any easier? Really? Does that make it any easier? No. Life is tough. We find difficulty at many turns in our time here on earth. And no matter how great a person we try to be, we will never escape hardships of some kind. On occasion, we may try to minimize our problems by comparison, attempting to embolden ourselves to just get through it. Pastor Jim wants us to know today that God does see our problems, no matter the size. While He stands by us in our time of need, we have a unique opportunity to choose kindness and praise in response. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians with part one of his message entitled, Joyful Presence. Well, I want to read to you Philippians 4, verse 5 again, our verse for this morning. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And I just want to touch on the beginning of verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Well, last week we began talking about anxiety. I intended to do verses 4 through 7 in one message, and now it's turned out to be at least three because of last week and now this week. You say, why, why the change? Well, last week I sensed that perhaps the Lord was taking me in a different direction, and this week when we were talking about anxiety, judging by the conversations I had with so many people and judging by the emails that I got from so many people, I realized that anxiety was a lot hotter topic than I thought it was. And worry was a lot more important and a part of people's life than I thought it was. So I did feel, I hope I'm correct in assessing what the Lord Jesus would say to me, would be to slow down and to talk a little bit more about this as it is important to God's people, important to God, and we'll hear what the word of the Lord has to say about it. Now, I want to be very basic in some of the things that we say. Again, I said last week, I don't want to overrule the instruction of your doctors and any counselors that you might see. So we're sticking to, in a very basic sense, without then it would become 80 messages about, about this. But many counselors would distinguish Uh, anxiety and kind of into two camps. One is is stress anxiety. And let me describe that to you. Uh, You're depleted and worn out. Does that describe any of you? Okay, (laughs) Depleted and, and worn out. And well, that leads to a lot of different things. For some of us, we get fearful when we're completely stressed out. Others of us get angry. Others of us tend to procrastinate. We can't pull the trigger on anything because we're just so overwhelmed with so many things that are, are going on. Now that can morph its way into or turn its into, way into something that's a lot more serious, which some counselors would call uh, worry anxiety. And worry anxiety is really the paralyzing belief 
that when you think about things and you start to think more and more about them, you paint this very large scenario in your head that they're going to go really south very quickly. You know, I don't mean to be inappropriate to anyone from the south, okay? So they're just going to, things are going to go bad very quickly and your mind is racing at a thousand miles an hour and your brain begins to exaggerate the circumstances and you just have painted this hopeless scenario. And uh, I tend to be one of those people that I, my problem in, I don't really live in the past. I struggle with living in the present, but I'm always thinking of the future. I'm kind of always racing ahead. And I think I did that when I was a little kid because I would tell these things to my mother and I'd be like, well, what if, and what if, and what if, exploring all the, pers- you know, the possibilities. And my mother used to always say to me, and what if the sky falls down? And she was teasing me, but I would kind of go, hmm, what would that be like, right? Just not even understanding that I'm just projecting things into the future. So our brain and worry anxiety is just going completely haywire. But let's be honest for a second, and this may be hard for some of us to hear, but I think it's something we all have to admit to some sense, that that no matter what we say, we believe about God Anxiety and worry often, perhaps not always, but there is concern. I'm not, I'm not saying we shouldn't have concern for things, but excessive worry and anxiety often tell us what we really believe about God, don't they? I mean, let me just give you an example. Um, how many of you feel really, really anxious when you think something's going to turn out really well? You don't. You're like, it's going to go great. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, oh God, you're so good. Then all of a sudden you think things are gonna turn out terrible, right? And this scenario begins to go. You just think, I should write a book or a movie. But as committed followers of Jesus Christ, and if you're here today and you're not, I'm, I'm glad that you're here. And as a follower of Christ, we have to learn to deal with our anxiety in the way that the word of God teaches us to deal with it. Now, before you turn me off, before you turn the Apostle Paul off here in the letter of Philippians, or before you turn, more importantly, God off, for that matter, I think it's fair to say, if you've been following along with us, we're doing a verse-by-verse study in the book of Philippians. Before you turn me off, I think it's fair to say that here in Philippians, the Apostle Paul is actually modeling a successful treatment plan for worry and anxiety. I mean, he's writing to a church that he founded some 10 years ago, and he's in prison. But he is not the prisoner of worry. And isn't that easy for that to happen? Isn't it easy to become a prisoner of worry and fear and anxiety? And he is modeling for us, this is not the the life that the Lord has for us. And he's just not in prison. It wasn't like he got thrown in jail one night, you know, had a few too many drinks and was disturbing the peace or was littering or something like that. No, he was in jail for telling people that Jesus is Lord and the implication of that is that Caesar is not. And that was something that was worthy of the death penalty. It's insurrection. It's crimes against the throne of the Roman Empire. And so he's showing us how not to be a prisoner of worry. 
And I think for many of us as Christians, we like to talk or give lip service to, at times, the power of God, but it's easy to forget the presence of God. And the title of our message today is Joyful Presence. Now, it seems to me as I read the Bible, and I have to admit that a lot of the times when you read the Bible, you get the framework and the view of the Bible writers, but it seems to me that many people in the early church, the fact that they kept going under such persecution indicates to me that they were not quite as paralyzed in their circumstances as we are. They tended to, or tried to, as we have to try to, see the world through the word of God. And they had to do one of the important things that is a key to dealing with worry and anxiety. And it's simple, simply this, to reframe your circumstances, to reframe your suffering. Those of you who are more, you know, have a, more of a mind for interior decorating, you might look at a frame in your house and say, love the picture, hate the frame. And so you take it down and you want to reframe that picture. And the Bible wants us to do that too. It wants us to take down the frame of worry and anxiety and constantly fretting over things and reframe our life with the frame of the word of God and the presence of God. It seems to me that the early church focused on two things in particular, a lot of things, but two things in particular that I think that we seem to forget about. Number one, the presence of the Lord. They seemed very mindful. We said last week, remember, could someone walk into our church and watch you singing and be able to say that I can tell what's going on in your life or are we people who are rejoicing in the Lord always, as the text said. Another thing I think they were focused on also in addition to the presence of the Lord was the second coming of the Lord. And as a result of that, so many of them got out there and served the Lord in tough circumstances, and the apostle now is reminding the Philippian church, this is what you need to do. You need to roll up your sleeves, you need to get to work, not work for your salvation, we covered that in chapter two, but work because you have your salvation, You say, well, Pastor Jim, you have no idea. Of course, and I always say, you're right, I have no idea. You have no idea how hard things are. Listen to this quote I came across by Vincent Van Gogh. The fishermen know that the sea is dangerous and the storm terrible, but they have never found these dangers sufficient reason for remaining ashore. So a fisherman knows it's going to be dangerous, A fisherman knows that it's going to be hard, but he's still going to get out there. And that's exactly what the Lord Jesus wants from his people. He wants his people, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult, to say, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to give it my best shot. So if we want joy in our difficulty, remember joy is different than happiness. If we want joy in our difficulty, if we want to move from worry anxiety to joyful anxiety, which if you weren't with us, that was actually the title of the message that was supposed to be one week that's now turned into I don't know how many. We still haven't gotten there. We said last week that there was three steps and a result, and we only got to step number one. This week, we're only going to get to step number two. (laughs) Step number one last week was rejoice in the Lord. So let's back up to Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord 
always, again I will say, rejoice. So what is that? That's inward. That's inward. Rejoice in the Lord. It is, as we said last week, it is a matter of the will. It is a determination that I am going to rejoice in the Lord. And this is such an important thing for a Christian to remember. That no matter what the circumstance, we can rejoice in the Lord. And loved ones, please hear me. No one can take this from you. No one. They can take everything from us, but they can't take this. They can do whatever they want to anybody, any of us, but they cannot take the inward rejoicing in the Lord. Only one person can take that from you. And you know who that is? That's you. That's yourself. Nobody else can take that from you and can take that from me. Well, we move from the inward and the apostle moves us now to the outward as he moves us along from worry, anxiety to joyful anxiety. So if this was a real sermon, number two would be remain in the Lord. So we move from rejoice in the Lord to remain in the Lord. Look at verse five, our verse for today. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. So here they are. We've already discussed it in verse two and three. There's some internal problems in the church. There's a little division going on, a little disagreement going on, some unity things going on. There's also pressures from the outside, the culture, the Roman Empire, life. Like we don't need any other pressures. We have life to go along with that. And here the apostle comes along and he commanded them, we said it last week, rejoice in the Lord. And now he does a second command, let your gentleness be known to all men. Let all men and women know of your gentleness. Everybody, no, that's not just Christians, it's everybody we come in contact with should be able to see this in us. And so with all the problems that are going on, Rejoice in the Lord. Here's the solution. Rejoice in the Lord. And here's the response to the problems. Be gentle. Be godly. As you navigate the shark-infested waters of life. The Bible does not minimize our circumstances. We do. We do. Oh, other people have it worse than me. Does that make it any easier? Really? Does that make it any easier? No. And so the Bible does not minimize these things in our lives. The Bible commands us how to behave. Now, this word gentleness is the Greek word epikes. Very interesting word. In some of your Bible versions, it will translate it reasonableness. In some Bible versions, graciousness. Some forbearance. The problem with the word is it's very difficult to translate in this sense. There are some words that are just hard to put in one word right? Because it just says so much. I'll pick on the ladies for a second. Let's just say I had some lady who came here from some other part of the world and she never heard of chocolate. And I said, would you describe chocolate to her? <laughs> One word. <laughs> okay. Yummy, right? Okay. Just <laughs> There's just some words that one word doesn't cover it. And this is one of those words. Kenneth Weiss, the great linguist, took this verse and he, he stretches it out this way. He says, let your sweet reasonableness, your forbearance, your being satisfied with less than your due. Wow. 
become known to all men. The idea is don't be insisting on your rights, but patiently endure your circumstances, patiently endure people. Here again, the apostle is challenging all of us that it is a matter of the will. Be kind, be loving, act like Jesus. In other words, instead of getting all worked up about everything that is going wrong, when things are going wrong, aggressively live out the Christian life. So notice what what he's doing here. Things are going wrong, and instead of saying, oh, just, you know, be a wimp, not at all. He is saying, be aggressive. Inwardly, I'm rejoicing. Outwardly, I'm going to live this life. I'm going to live as Jesus would have me to live. And he's telling us, don't yield to the worry. Don't yield to the anxiety. Don't worry so much that you quit, okay? But live the Christian life. As we often say around here, okay? Spend less time listening to ourselves and more time preaching to ourselves. Don't listen to what our mind is just running over and over and over again, but instead preach to ourselves the truth of God's word. Dare I say, live the Christian life, he's telling us here, even when, or especially when, I don't feel like it. Again, it is a determined matter of the will. How this reminds me of, of, of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, which we covered several weeks ago or several months ago, talking about the Lord Jesus, the Apostle Paul said, let this mind or this attitude, some of your versions say, be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What was the attitude? Do you remember? A humble servant. Remember, Jesus didn't show up and go, hey, I'm God. Get it together. <laughs> he didn't. I'm God. You know, drop everything, I'm here, right? I want the best seat. Not at all. No, he came as a humble servant. Now we have to pause for a moment here. This is family, right? This is a family, right? This is a family. Okay, now, if you're a guest with us, you're like, oh, this is nice. He said we're a family. The people here all the time are going, he's gonna kill us now, right? <laughs> That's why we didn't want to answer yes. This is a family, What the apostle is prescribing for us is the complete opposite of contentious, worry-filled, self-centered living. He is prescribing the exact opposite. Rather than having an obsession with ourselves and our happiness, he is pointing out to us that genuine Christian joy is inward, it's outward, and it's upward. Okay, not solely inward, not solely focusing on ourselves, but focusing on God and focusing on other people. Now you might say, listen, this is crazy thinking. No, not only is this crazy thinking, this is thinking from another world. This is divine thinking. This is divine living. This is actually when God has the audacity to come to us and say, when your life, okay, is hard, when your heart 
is broken. Response, be big hearted. When you want to retreat and do nothing for anybody, the word of God comes along and says, no, that's human thinking. Think heavenly thoughts. Be aggressively heavenly if you want. And to do the things that God says to do, be big hearted. And notice he says, to all. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are ready to be big hearted towards that boss you hate tomorrow morning? Let me just check on the guys who work for me what they said. <laughs> you see, being big hearted to all is an essential ingredient to true joy. We can't expect the joy of the Lord and then live the exact opposite of what he told us to do. If we expect the joy that the Lord promises, the peace of God, which we're going to talk about next week, if we're expecting that, it is incumbent, it is necessary that we do the things that God has told us to do so we are set in the right direction and God is at work in our hearts. And notice it here. He says, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. He says, let your gentleness be known to all. There's absolutely no room for excuses. None. This is a man in prison who could be dying. He could actually get his head chopped off. You're like, well, my boss is mean. No, your head, he's get, could get his head chopped off or be in jail for the rest of his life. And he says, there's no excuses. There is no situation in which the word of God will not prove useful, valuable, and there's no situation in the word of God where it doesn't apply. And what does he say? Trust in the Lord. And friends, difficult times, worry, anxiety, is a real test of our trust and faith, isn't it? It's a real test. Will we trust the Lord? Will we rejoice in the Lord? Will we aggressively love and serve when things are hard? Will we do that when we just want to roll over and go back to bed? Will we do it when we just want to sit home and sulk? Will we do it when we want to instead reach for the bottle or drugs or whatever the sin of choices that we use to escape life? Will we love and serve the Lord when we're anxious, when we're worrying, when we're so afraid of what might happen in the future? Now, it's easy to see in people, especially everybody but ourselves, right, that people who are selfishly pursuing their own happiness at every cost are following the pathway to hell, because that's not what life is, is it? Life is not always what we want. Because if you only want your own happiness, when things don't go well, it will be impossible for you to rejoice in the Lord. But this is something, loved ones, it is so important that we see this. And we get the proper distinction of what I'm about to say. If I said to the average Christian that God is good, they would say, Amen. And then if I said, life is not fair, they would say double amen. (laughs) 
But friends, don't confuse the two. Don't confuse the goodness of God with the wretchedness at times of a sinful world. Because if you do, when things go wrong, you will fall into the deep abyss of worry. Thank you for listening to Changed by Love Radio, the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. We are excited that you joined us today, and we hope and pray that you will join us again next time as we continue to learn more about Jesus verse by verse in the book of Philippians. If you would like a copy of today's message on CD, simply contact us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills at 973-659-3380. Keep in mind that we need today's date to ensure you get the copy of the correct teaching. You can also write us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Or send an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. Don't worry if you haven't been able to write that information down. Simply log on to www.changedbyloveradio.com. There you'll find all the information to listen to this message again or receive your own copy. You can also give securely to help Changed by Love Radio share the good news of Jesus Christ. In the next edition of Changed by Love, Pastor Jim will continue teaching through the book of Philippians. Glance at the clock right now, and please make plans to join us next time here on Changed by Love.